Welcome to the podcast where Mercury is always in retrograde. I can never say Mercury. Mercury. Mercury, 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 Mercury. Mercury Mercury poisoning. Well, stop. (laughs) I always thought, oh my God, did you ever be told when you were younger that if you drew on yourself with a pen that you would get lead poison? No, actually, wait. I was told that I would get poisoned. I would poison myself if I drew with on my like hands and arms with pens. Yeah. Um, and then I also was like so fucking scared to get lead poisoning. <laughs> like separately? Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, oh my god, if I like get pencil on me, I'm gonna get lead poisoning. <laughs> I I mean it was the classic like pen on you, uh you would get lead poisoning, graphite in your bloodstream, lead poisoning. Yep. Um, my mom told me that if I drew on myself or my brother, n- neither of us would wake up in the morning because our spirit would not recognize our body. <laughs> oh God, yeah. And then I'd have nightmares like- about my like my de- my brother dying in his bed and my parents like weeping over his cold dead corpse because he passed in the night because I drew all over his fucking body oh like a dumb God. little idiot. No, stop. <laughs> That's so sad. Wow. Anyway, um <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so fucking normal, dude. Do you ever feel like normal? I do feel normal sometimes, yeah. Feeling really normal. Extremely normal. <laughs> How are you feeling? I feel like normal. I'm feeling normal um, in terms of, like, uh, I saw a tweet the other day that was, like, um, it's, like, a requirement when you're, like, eight years old to be obsessed with a Bermuda Triangle. Yes! And I was, like, I can't believe we all live the exact same childhood. Like, number one, being obsessed with the Bermuda Triangle. Number two, being, like, so fucking worried about quicksand. Like, yes! I, I, was, I was going to have to encounter quicksand every day of my life. What is, like, what is up with that? I don't know what it is. Like, I literally don't know what it is. I feel like that and, like, Shark Week does something to you where you're, like, in the ocean and you're, like, this imminent threat of a shark, like, right behind you, just behind, just, like, out of your line of sight. Do you do you feel that when oh you go God. to the beach or, like, even just swim in any body of water and you're, like, there's a shark in here? It's, it's a closed-off Not- area of water, but it's there's a shark. Not anymore, but I did feel that way when I was younger. Definitely when I was, like, in the pool alone. Like, I would be like, oh, my God, I'm about to die. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't feel that now. I promise that that's not a feeling that I experienced at 25 years of age. But I <laughs> I, I do feel um, – I, I did feel that when I was, I, I don't know, in elementary school. And I was like, yeah, this could be the end. This could really be it for little old me. Yeah, I feel like I've talked about this on this podcast before, and you've definitely heard this story multiple times, but uh, when I was younger, my some kid drowned in a pool at a pool party, and nobody could find him, and he was, like, listed as a missing person. Yes. And then they, like, searched the family's house and, like, dredged through the pool, and he... Oh no, they didn't even dredge the pool. They found him when his like bloated corpse floated to the top of the pool. The pool was so dirty that they couldn't see him in it. And so my biggest fear was that I was going to drown in a pool and no one was going to be able to find me. 
Dude, that's a literal, like, valid fear. Because that's a horrifying story to hear as a child. Like, I can't... Like, a child's imagination is so fucking powerful. And you're just, like, weaponizing it with that, yeah, literally. With that information. And then you, like, little baby you is sitting there going, mm, that's going to be me. That's going to be me. Yeah. De- Deadass traumatized. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, what are we talking about today? We are talking about YouTube documentaries, which I, I feel like they're their own genre of, uh, documentaries. Like they're in completely different ballpark than like the Netflix, whatever. Like, I'm not saying that they don't, they don't have the same kind of production, value like there is definitely some videos out there that like have sometimes better graphics and better detail and and better workings than some of these netflix shows and these like hulu whatever docuseries but like i feel like the thing about youtube documentaries they're usually limited to one video they're never like more than one video because it's always like right it's always like all this content, whether it's an hour or less than that, or like multiple hours strung into one cohesive piece. But they're never like a series. And they are always about the most obscure topics that will never get the budget that they deserve. (laughs) Totally. I was like, um, I like Googled like best YouTube documentaries just because I was like curious. And what the only thing that came up like on Google was like actual documentaries that like are free to watch on youtube and Mm. i was like no that's not what i mean i mean i want like a documentary that was made by like one person or like a small group of people who like took the time to research this like really bizarre pop culture slash technology slash Mm. like social issue makes a video with nothing but like cold straight facts like that's what i appreciate with like youtube documentaries is that you go into this video knowing that like you're gonna get the facts you're gonna get a timeline and there's not gonna be like fluffy b-roll or Mm -hmm. um i just watched a documentary on netflix that's a four-part documentary series about the disappearance and death of elisa lamb that girl mm. who stayed at the Cecil Hotel and was, like, caught on the security footage, like, acting really bizarrely. And her body was found in, in the, the water. water tower on the roof. Yeah. And so, like, they drag this out for Wait, is that episodes. on Netflix? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold yeah. On. Yeah. Pause. Like, I... What? That's That story <laughs> fucked me up in, like, in freshman year of college. Like, that was around the time that I was, like... I was alone for a long, long periods of time because I just didn't make any friends and I would just sit in my dorm room and like get scared of shit. And like, (laughs) yeah, that story, that story freaked me out. And like, I remember like not being able to sleep literally. Like I had, I had some internet friends, like friends on Tumblr that I was talking to. And like, we would literally sit on Skype for like six hours, just talking about and reviewing the footage. And like, it it drove me insane. Like I had to like dis, myself away from it and even now when I'm alone in an elevator I think about her it's scary because it's like you 
what was released at that point because i remember also seeing this for the first time on on tumblr and i remember like watching the security footage and like the scariest thing about it was that like this girl was obviously like going through some kind of like mental psychotic break or whatever Mm -hmm. um but it was like unclear if like that's what it was or like if she was with someone who was like instigating the way that she was acting and it was also just like the way she like moved her hands was really creepy and there was like no explanation for it yes yes dude that's so fucking weird right but like with this documentary like the docuseries they drag it on for four episodes and like they add in a bunch of fluff and like all this shit and then they add like they they include like a very pertinent detail at the end of the docuseries that they purposefully left out through all four episodes to like keep you there keep you watching and then by the time they have to wrap it up they go oh yeah and also this detail was left out um and that's the reason why we think it was a suicide holy shit and not a murder so like it's stuff like that pisses me off because it's like you're obviously just doing this because netflix has you know a contract with you to do a four episode series so you're gonna drag it out as long as possible you know Mm -hmm. and with these youtube documentaries it's like yeah i might watch a four hour video on the history of minecraft youtubers (laughs) but like at least it's not like you know tricking me to stay to the end yeah that's true that's true it feels very like true to the facts that are there and there's this like passion behind it because there's no guarantee anything that you make on youtube is going to be a hit and so you just kind of like at least for the these videos that like i think really resonate and really are some great uh documentaries um are, are really just trying to follow and bring up every single fact and that's where all the content comes from like it's four hours because like there are so many details that you want to bring up and discuss and you kind of follow this order and it's kind of true to exactly what you're uh trying to present in the most at least uh from a uh uh like ethical standpoint you're trying to do the best to the store like to what is actually happening whereas like on netflix or or on hulu or any of these other streaming services and even on tv like you see a lot of these documentaries and docuseries that are like trying to tell a bigger story and trying to say that there's a lesson at the end to be had and it's like more narrative focused and that's just like not true to real life and true to like some of these topics like I don't think that I think that's a great storytelling mechanic sometimes and I think that sometimes it really works in favor of the documentary but like it's not you can't do that with every fucking topic I mean come fuck on dude right absolutely um so how do you do you have a bunch that you're gonna talk about I have like what are we doing I, I, I think we should talk about some of the ones that we have in common. And then there's one that I know that I, I really, really love personally. It's like one specific video from one specific creator. Um, Mm. but I kind of want to talk about a couple that you actually introduced to me as like the, the appetizer to our, uh, (laughs) to our discussion, um, because okay. like, despite the fact that I said that like all of the content is in one video, there are a couple series that I think you have, you had introduced to me specifically that I loved and definitely want to mention. 
Um, one being the Dead Mall series. Oh my um, god, yes! That one, the Kmart one, I remember I saw a screenshot from your Finsta of this video, and it was like some weird, I don't know, it was it was funny, and I was like, what video is this? And you were like, oh, it's kind of long, but it's like this guy, and he like looks through a dead mall, and like a dying right. mall, and I was like, mm, immediately piqued my interest. I remember I watched the video, I'll tell you and what I was the clip obsessed. Was. <laughs> what clip the was clip it? Was him. The clip was him in this dying Walmart, and he was just walking through the racks, and he came upon this pair of sweatpants that were printed to look like jeans. <laughs> he pretty much says this, like, really deadpan line that's pretty much like, and the sweatpants uh, that were printed to look like jeans are hideous, but they are here. <laughs> and I remember watching it and fucking crying. I was, I, it's so funny. Yes, there's something about his his like cadence that's that's really that's really yeah. funny, um, but that that whole series is actually really good. I really enjoyed it. I remember we did. I think we watched a couple when you were living in Queens too. Like it was just so fucking yeah. good. He yeah. So the guy's name is Dan Bell. His YouTube channel is this is Dan Bell, and he does um, a a diff a couple of different series like this. Where he he's like his big one is like the Dead Mall series where he like will go and walk through all these dead malls whether or not they're abandoned, or they're about to close or they're just like there's no stores, and we'll kind of like do some commentary and just it's just kind of this like walk through, you know, of these dead malls because it's like stuff like that is so interesting to me like mm -hmm. I love watching the like abandoned buildings videos. Um, yes. there's a YouTube channel called the proper people where it's these two guys and they like, I, I so the thing with like, um, videos like this, sorry, the thing, the thing with videos like this is that like, you have to be like a certain type of respectful person to do videos like that because I watched this one guy, I don't even remember his name, but he's the dude who went to Chernobyl. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, um... His, like, clickbait title was, like, I got radioactive poisoning for, from Chernobyl. And, like, deadass, he went to Chernobyl, and the radioactivity <gasps> was, like, he Wasn't had, like, he? a radioactivity meter, and it was, like, beeping. And he was, like, oh, this is so funny. He dude was has, like, in the middle cells. of like, the fucking, fucking elephant's foot with some guy <laughs> who was, like, clearly some kind of weird-ass tour guide. But he looks like a local that he just picked up from a Euro club. And he is like, even the tour guide is like standing behind this like massive pillar because he's like, I do not want to be irradiated in my life here. Right. Oh my God. It's so dumb. So like, there's people like that will go and be like, just fucking stupid and annoying, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, a lot of times these people are like disrespectful, like moving shit and like touching shit. But like, the proper people and also this guy Dan Bell like will go to these abandoned places and like be almost reverent to the space and like just kind of videotape it for the sake of documenting it which I think is um really interesting and I do appreciate he yeah, also yeah. has a series that I watched a couple episodes um titled another dirty room where it's like him and his two friends go to like the the like shadiest motels oh. wherever they are and they go and they like do like chemical 
tests and we'll have like a black light and we'll like turn down the bed and like look for bed bugs. Oh, um, oh. you know, just, I don't know. Just like fun shit that like, it's, it's so bizarre to watch, but mm-hmm. not bizarre to watch, but it's like such a bizarre concept, but they're like so fun to watch, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's really interesting because I almost treat it like a documentary because of the style. I think it's his cadence, but like the way that he like will just go through things chronologically and like just document everything like you said and he very like minimally he's not like breaking property or anything like that, which I think is uh, an important point that I really didn't think of before. Like he's just kind of going through it and showing it. And like some of his shots are like fucking creepy just because it's just like so dark and you're not used to these, like it's like documenting a liminal space. You're just like, this isn't right. Like it's so Yeah. It's really off putting. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, there's another YouTube channel. Oh my God. I'm like, Sorry, keep going. I, like, don't want to say anything because I don't know this guy's <laughs> name yet, but I'm, I'll try and find it. But he pretty much talks about, like, um, you know, the downfall of this one Disney park attraction. Defunct or, Land. Like, is it Defunct Land? Isn't it? Is Are you talking about Defunct Land? Because I, I feel like that's Defunct Land. I think I am. They, like... They have the, like, history of yes, the world. Yes, all the world Disney wars. park stuff. It's, like that yeah, that yeah, channel yeah. i don't know if it's this channel or if there was another channel mm. I'm sorry i don't know i'll find it i was gonna talk about defunct land because i think you were the one who introduced me to one of their videos and i i i, I haven't watched all of them because there's a fucking shit ton of videos to watch but there are a couple and the amount of detail that they go into it's insane like truly fucking wild yeah it's like these people are obviously like doing their research and Mm -hmm. like getting shit done and you know rolling up with like the absolute hardest facts yeah 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 and like just talking about these abandoned uh uh or like yeah i mean abandoned projects um ventures specific to uh, amusement parks. Uh, so it's not just Disney, but I, I mean, obviously, given that Disney has so many uh, amusement parks and so many attractions, and and like internationally, um, there's a lot to talk about, and there's a lot of content there. Um, but they they they're so thorough. Like it's it's insane, and I didn't think that there was this much to even know about like Disney. Period. But I mean, it's it's really good. The one that I remember watching. It's it's this is the this is the video where that fucking meme comes from where it's like Charles Entertainment Cheese and this fucking disgusting rodent just comes from the the <laughs> smoke of the video and that comes from the video from Defunct Land called uh, or on specifically Chuck E Cheese's Chuck E Cheese right. Jesus Christ but yeah it like it goes into so much detail and I love it it's it's a good video I highly recommend it um but it's a good channel in general if you're like if you just scroll through it you'll see something that interests you and you can just watch it and it all has that same level of like quality in terms of like what they're talking about which is super cool right i think the the thing that's really great about those videos is that there's kind of this like fascination 
over like abandoned places and Mm -hmm. especially like abandoned amusement parks and like abandoned um, like Disney attractions because it's like that's not what we think about when you think about like Disney parks or whatever. So it's like Mm -hmm. it's giving you a glimpse into this like world that like no one I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just like the fascination and like wanting to know like what that's like to go to like an abandoned Disney park. Yeah, yeah. And not just the experience, but what led up to that, like what they were thinking, why this thing turned out the way it did and like what the intention of some of these things were and how it actually ended up. Like I uh, know in the Chuck E. Cheese one, they were talking about like what the marketing scheme even looked like. And I think that there were a couple of like drafted up plans that were never executed, but like they explained the marketing behind it. And I was like, this is incredible. Like just being able to pull these details and like kind of get inside the mind of like what the 90s were thinking in terms of marketing to kids and like how that kind of evolved and like this is just like a stepping stone in their process of like really fine-tuning a better understanding of marketing and being able to like create successful ventures for children is just fucking wild like the fact that they had to like kind of go through this like painful growing step and like we get to see all of that it's it's also like a fascinating aspect to it. Yeah, and I mean, like, having it all already happen and then having, like, a very neat little timeline mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. Um, like, look at is so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. So satisfying. I'm still trying to find this video. <laughs> I, uh, so the only thing that I have left is I have the one video that I really want to talk about um, from this creator. I don't know what you have prepared for this this episode, Liz. Um, I have a couple that I want to talk about. Um, they're all kind of like relating to a couple are relating to like YouTube drama and like kind of breaking down like what happened and kind of like the rise and fall of like ex YouTuber that I think are really well done. And I'll, I'll just talk about it now. So I have one that, um, it's a it's a four hour documentary, and you know exactly which one this is. And oh! it's, the, it's titled "The Never Ending Nightmare of Nick Cacato Avocado from Vegan to Villain," and like <laughs> Nick Cacato Avocado is such a fucking enigma to me. Like, also, like I feel like you. I don't know where you were seeing him, but you were like, "Dude, this guy is fucking crazy," and I was like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah, yeah. Because there's I... like. No, no, no. You go. I saw him on Twitter and I was talking about and like my my stupid oh, my other friends were sending memes of him in the group chat. And I was like, who is this guy? Why are you guys sending me these fucking disgusting ass photos? And then like I got fucking schooled. I got sent that fucking video and I was like, y'all want me to watch four fucking hours? No, thanks. But I sent it to Liz anyway. And because we were talking about it, I think over text. And I sent this yeah. four-hour video, and I was like, I watched the first half hour, and I'm good. I'm tapping out. But I, you watched the whole thing, right? I posted up and watched all four hours of it. And do I remember a single second of it? No, but <laughs> I remember being, like, enthralled by it. Um, actually, I do remember. I do remember. But, like, at the time that I had watched the video, um, he was in some kind of YouTube drama with this other mukbanger. For those who don't know, Nikocado Avocado is a fucking mukbanger on YouTube. Like, he sits down and he eats, like, seven Big Macs and, like, four orders of fries. 
but we'll put like cheese on all over it and we'll just like eat it and he'll do like asmr videos of him eating but then he'll also do like talking videos of him eating um sometimes he'll do videos of him eating with his husband who he, he fucking hates like him and his husband are constantly like beating the shit out of each other and like calling each other fat and ugly which is just like so bizarre but um he like started his youtube channel as like a vegan and was like promoting like eating raw and like healthy and then i don't know what happened but all of a sudden he's like gorging on taco bell and mcdonald's and it has like gotten to the point where he is like uh, literally psychotic like he is just like insane Mm -hmm. like fucking crying on camera and like smashing like eggs against his head and like it's so it's so fascinating to watch because it's like I'm not watching him for his mukbang content. I'm watching him because psychologically it's just so fascinating. It's like what the fuck is going on? Um but this video like kind of details his whole journey from like being a vegan to moving on to mukbang videos and then talking about his like more recent scandals with like another mukbanger um and like in terms of like making her feel uncomfortable and like just being fake as fuck and like sort of becoming the most shady person involved with the mukbang community Mm -hmm. um so it kind of like looks at him objectively as like not just a mukbanger but or a meme but as someone who is like experiencing like a psychotic break yeah who has let and who has let like youtube and like making content like destroy his life um yeah (laughs) so that's a fun one that's a that's a fucking fun one has five million views that's insane yeah i mean it is really that i think that's a good example of like how there are four hours of content and it's like there's some bullshit to where they're like just trying to keep you on track of like where they're trying to go inevitably which is like he's failed I guess it, it's like his failure to like retain <laughs> his sanity throughout his YouTube career. Yeah. And like, but Absolutely. like it, for the most part, it stays pretty true to like, okay, he was a vegan. There are a couple of videos that we were able to find. And like, this is what they look like. And these are the people that he collaborated with and like, whatever. It just kind of follows in that chronology and it stays pretty true to that path in, in what I watched and I think that's a good example of like you really could turn that into like a 16 hour whatever bullshit off of Netflix if like the budget was there but like it's right. not worth it and really like you get the idea within the first at least like 10 minutes of what the video is going to be like and there's no like qualms like you know exactly what's going to happen you know what this guy is like and so it's just about like trying to like get an understanding and get a full depth uh view of him and i feel like that is a lot more honest than if it were i don't know done by netflix or something totally no absolutely because if it's done by netflix you need to like get his permission or like let him know at least and like he would have a hand in it but Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you have, like, four hours to waste, like, I think it's an interesting watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. And another... And... No, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, I think that he, he, uh, is 
almost like the pinnacle of what was already kind of building up with the mukbang community, which I think is something that 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 video touches on, if I remember correctly, which is that like the mukbang community is full of fucking psychotic people, like people who watch it, people who are uh, making that content content they're all like in for the shock factor actually it's like this hidden like part of the mukbang stuff that like you don't know if you're not in it um but like a lot of mukbangs are like stuff that is like literally inedible or um like it's it's not food sometimes like and it's 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 like this it starts to delve into this like rolling effect of just like eating a shit ton of food or like eating a bunch of unhealthy food and like the whole thing kind of ties together and I feel like he's the best embodiment of where it went like completely to the extreme totally yeah I feel like the mukbang community is like really bizarre and interesting in that way where it's like when it first started like it was literally just someone sitting down and eating a meal like a single serving size meal Mm -hmm. and they would sit there and eat in front of the camera and that's the whole point but then it like you said got to the point where people were like eating live octopuses and like bugs and then you have like him like gorging on like seven pounds of chili fries and it has become like this like excess that's like deviated so far from the path that it was originally on <laughs> where is the, what happened to the original plot of the movie <laughs> bring back the original mukbangs <laughs> just kidding um the next video that's like kind of similar to that where it kind of gives you like um a very unbiased look at something whatever so it gives you like an unbiased look at like drama happening in terms of a specific youtuber there's a video done by d'angelo wallace who (gasps) i love really really yeah he does a really amazing job of like compiling information and presenting it in a way that is like really succinct and very informative and he made a video titled The Exact Moment Shane Dawson's Career Ended. Yes. Um, July that's 30th, a good one. 2020, 12.37 p.m. And it chronicles, he pretty much chronicles Shane Dawson's entire YouTube career from like when he was doing blackface and being really racist and misogynistic and pedophilic in his like earlier videos and how it has evolved um, to the point where he is at now where he is like involved with like beauty community drama and like all of his old shit is resurfacing I also appreciate it because he includes snippets of Shane Dawson's actual apology videos um, so that way I can watch them without giving Shane Dawson the views you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and it's just kind of like he he does a really great job of like being succinct and like um presenting information that is like objectively unbiased like i feel like he really is just out here like presenting the inf- presenting the facts um mm-hmm. in a way that you can like create your own opinion but like i don't know why anyone would have like a differing opinion about this cuz it's <laughs> fucking disgusting i mean but, it, uh, yeah i think, I think, I think it leaves he room does for... a really good job 
Yeah, I think it leaves room for the viewer to reach that conclusion on their own, which is what makes that video so good, is that it's not like treating you like you're a fucking idiot. It's just like, okay, here are the facts. And you can logically, as a smart person, be like, okay, this is stupid and dumb, and here's why he's wrong. Right. Totally. Um, um, so I literally love that one. I think it's so good. I just want to say that, like, that creator d'angelo wallace like i remember i watched one of his videos like years ago because it i I love art community drama especially uh when it comes to like the youtube art community because i uh, i've always been like really on the low like watching all this stuff and then you know drama will happen and then there's like 600 videos about it and they never get Mm -hmm. like a lot of views because like the 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 youtube art community is so small uh that it like you know, there's not a lot of people interested in whatever fucking bullshit happens. But one one time, like a big artist got into some trouble and I watched a D'Angelo Wallace video and I'm like, this kid is great. And then I forgot about him. And then he's like showing up doing other stuff. So I started watching him again. But it's so interesting Mm -hmm. because he still has that same style of like, as you said, like very objectively like saying things. And it like really resonates with people because of the way that he like will do things very directly. He's not getting emotional. He's just like very to the point about some stuff and like he'll just present things uh in a way that i think is really impactful um without being like overbearing about that information um and he used to do this thing where he's like okay i reached 10 minutes of content which is the exact amount that youtube wants for this algorithm thing so bye i'm not talking about this anymore and i thought that was the (laughs) funniest fucking thing was that he was like all right i'm at 10 minutes of content so see ya and all of his videos are exactly 10 minutes long (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) literally so good the 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 kind of energy that i want to have this kid embodied years ago now youtube's algorithm is a little bit more finicky so i think he's like whatever about his videos but it's funny it was funny at the time that is really funny um one more channel that i'm really into is this channel titled fundy fridays um and it's this girl who grew up a fundamental Christian and has now removed herself from um, that uh, group of religion. But she now makes videos on fundamental Christians that are sort of, um, you know, out and creating content. And she has a really great video on the Duggar family um, and kind of goes through all the Duggars and talks about like their, um, like how they kind of rose to the fame that they're at right now. And like goes through all the kids and like talks about where they're at and like talks about the abuse allegations against the oldest brother. Um, you say, um, you say fundamental Christians, like what the fuck does that mean? Fundamental Christians are like the really intense Christians. They're like the Duggars. They're like, you women um only have the purpose of like bearing children and like men are bless you men are uh head of the house and like you have to wear skirts that cover your ankles and you can't really date unless you're going to get married and like you're not really allowed to hold hands type of thing um so she talks about like the Duggars. She talks about this other family called the Plath family that also has a TLC show. Um, she has a video on Girl Defined. She has a video on Sister Wives. And she kind of talks about like how fucked up it is and like 
I don't know, just like very succinct, like good amount of information on these people. If you don't want to watch seven up ep- seven seasons of the Duggars. <laughs> you know? um, so it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's like so fun to watch. Because it's like sh- religion like this is like so fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and it's nice that she is doing that so you don't have to watch fucking all those seasons oh like God, you mentioned. Duggers. Like there's so many episodes of like their bullshit. So dumb. Literally so dumb. It's fucking crazy, dude. But um yeah. She's good. She's a good one. So she like left that community or I'm sorry, I'd like to um, understand that. Yeah, I think she was raised um as a really intense christian i might be wrong and i might just be projecting i don't know um (laughs) but she like knows she like has this information on uh, you know Mm. really intense christianity and like has experienced like an intense religion at one point in her life holy shit that's wild yeah it's cool she also does like um like there's other like preachers like there was this one baptist preacher who like left the southern baptist church to like start his own church because he like claimed the baptist church in the south was too liberal what for him and i was like the fucking baptist church is too liberal like what what the fuck just like religious extremists ah love that which is like scary hmm Wonderful. Ah, scary. <laughs> scary. Spooky, scary. What is your um what is your big documentary? Please tell me. My I'm I so I did have one. I did have one, but before I get to that, I'm sorry. I did remember because you said girl to find, it reminded me of another uh uh YouTuber. Um I'm going to really quickly talk about her. Her name is Broy De Chanel. I found her because she did a video about Portrait of a Lady on Fire that I watched immediately following seeing that movie. Um, And it talks about like the female gaze, like the gaze period and like outside of a male context. And it was a really good video about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, But I've watched a lot of her other videos and they're so good. Like they're all like film critiques, but they're like really, really good. And she's like a woman of color and she that like very clearly... um, shows her like it it really much informs her takes on all these films they're really good i really recommend them oh my god i'm like so excited i'm looking at one titled why miyazaki is a true romantic and i am so excited that one is so good because it it does get into a lot of uh specifically kiki's delivery service which i know is your favorite so yes one of my faves literally she she goes off like i love that video it's so good um but yes she's great Um, and the one that I really, really wanted to talk about today is one that came out very, very recently. Um, it's one by Mm. Sarah Z. Uh, it's called Tumblr's Fakest Story, The Tale of Opa Homeless Style. Have you seen that fucking Tumblr post? Sarah Z. Um, no. (laughs) So it's like, it's like one of those famous ones. It's just like the one where like, you know, you I know the down with clapped or whatever. Yes, yes, that one, the down with cis bus, where it's like I'm a cis person and I got beat up by a bunch of trans people in a down with yes. cis bus, and they all had matching down with cis shirts. 
<laughs> I fucking love Tumblr. Like everyone is just on Tumblr lying. Like what? Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This video, I've seen t- Opa Homeless Style. I've seen the memes that came out of it. I thought I knew everything that was there. Sarah Z has somehow successfully fucking unveiled the biggest conspiracy theory about these uh, posts that I've ever seen, ever in my entire life. If you want to watch this video, like I highly, highly recommend it. I cannot recommend it enough. It is insane. I am someone who touts myself as someone who knows shit about the internet. Like I'm very much online. I have been online i've been on a lot of different sites that i probably should not have from like my childhood (laughs) i always i feel like i'm the one in some of my friend groups not all of them but some of them that like am more on the like nose about where things are with the internet but this video proved that i did not know anything about what was happening on this particular like post that i thought i knew and it's crazy because like i was there when that post was made. I have seen some of these posts go around Tumblr, and I was unaware of the deeper machinations that were happening in the back end, and some of the implications Mm -hmm. that they have in, like, a modern context, which is fucking insane, okay? I thought that, like, the deep state fucking bullshit that is happening with QAnon and all of that, like, some of that can be rooted to this, and it is insane. To this Tumblr post? Yeah, well, specifically... What's in what the 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 connecting thread here is actually Reddit, which you know, if you've watched any number of these kind of similar themed videos, you'll know that Reddit and uh, 4chan and 8chan and even Discord played a big part in some of the memes that uh, 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 arose from the surprising support of Donald Trump and his election in 2016. And there's a lot right. of there's a lot of videos that talk about like how the internet played a big part in Trump's election and like the way that people perceive him. But I think that some of this stems from a, a an even deeper and even older reach of right-wing extremism that came about as a result of uh, this view of the left which very much is informed by some of these posts that went fucking viral. I mean, there were entire subreddits dedicated to posts like these, and it sparked a movement of people that ended up perpetuating it. And it it's, can all be connected, actually, to one specific person. And so I, I recommend this video because it goes so fucking deep and far. And I... I akin it to one of her earlier videos where she kind of goes into the My Immortal fan fiction and connects all of <laughs> the shit that happened with the author of the My Immortal fan fiction and people who were obsessed with that fan fiction to specifically one right. person once again. It's insane how they're like, it, it's similar to, in my opinion, how I read this fucking statistic that was like 98% of Twitter's uh, content comes from like, 10% of their user base and like that's insane to me and what? like Ten, this wait what is it? 90% it's like it's of like 90% content. of twitter's tweets like the tweets that are are being made uh-huh a, a huge majority of them are being made by like 10% or some low percent of twitter's user base what how is that possible because like it 
most people aren't really active on Twitter, really. Like, most of the tweets that get sent out are sent by, like, really popular or really active users. And, like, most other people will just, like, like or passively use the app. Like, I think I I would be considered more of a passive user because of how few tweets I actually make in comparison to how much I like and I I retweet and I engage with other tweets. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But the same thing is happening here and it's just like proving itself. And I, I, it's, it's only an hour long, which is crazy considering how far and how deep this goes. And I, I like did not expect it. And maybe like it's be, like the shock of it is what makes me like it so much. And I've kind of spoiled it in a little bit. Um, but I feel like I have to talk about this. Otherwise I'm going to go crazy because yeah. this shit is so fucking good. And like, I was not expecting it at all. I thought it was going to just go into like, the funny fake stories that I remember from Tumblr and I can relive those days when I could like laugh at these people. But she talks about how it's like kind of disturbing how many of these fake stories involve like women and specifically fat women and how this person has a clearly disturbing disdain for fat women and like LGBTs and, and uh, disabled people. And it's like, you can tell that there are these like right wing kind of, uh, centric focus on all of this and it really successfully painted a terrible picture of people who are more left-leaning and so that's contributed in in some part to the way that people did not want to align themselves with the left because this is the like straw man caricature that they saw of the left in their mind and so it pushed them even further right it pushed them even more um to right-wing extreme extremism and the alt-right then became even more powerful even though it's not that these leftists even actually exist most of them are just machinations and 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 false caricatures of of people that don't even aren't even real right that's so fucking wild it like changed the way that I see every single tweet, like every single story time that I see, like whether that's on Twitter, on TikTok, like I believe 0% of them now because like there, yeah. she ha- she points out so many ways that you can like, once you take a step back, you can clearly tell which ones are real and which ones are fake. And it's wild. Like I can't believe a video has actually changed the way that I interact with the internet now. Oh my god, I can't wait to watch it. I just added it to my watch later. Oh my god. I'm so, I'm so excited, excited for us to talk about it. <laughs> um, I feel like Tumblr in its heyday, like, there was so much shit going on that I had no fucking idea about. And, like, now that we're off Tumblr, well, sort of off Tumblr, mm-hmm. and, like, adults, like, I hear shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I followed this person. Like, did you hear about Sixpence? Did you used to follow that Tumblr account? Oh, the Sixpence? child... The child slave. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. As a fucking child slave. I was like, um, hello? <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember when that came out because she had uh, posted this thing about how the child slave actually liked to be enslaved. And it was very much similar to the way that Harry Potter talked about Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... So fucking bizarre, dude. And she was like trying to give out like uh psychological advice, uh, even though she's yes. not a licensed <laughs> it's like she also was like super like ableist, like yes. super ableist. Oh my god. So crazy. So fucking dude, crazy. fucking wild. The Hamilton um cannibalism 
fan fiction yes. that was like, yes. oh, I'm sorry about lying about being a queer Muslim woman or something. It was fucking insane, dude. Yeah, literally crazy. (laughs) Lawless land. Literally a lawless land. (laughs) Those were real. Those were real, unfortunately. But, like, that shit was, like... That goes back to, like... I don't know if you were on LiveJournal, but LiveJournal was fucking lawless, dude. Back in the day, it was, like... The fucking it was it was the precursor to Tumblr. Like all that shit that happened, <laughs> the same shit was happening on Live Journal. Like before it got nuked by the fucking Russians. <laughs> oh no! And the same thing happened to Tumblr. It got nuked by the fucking Russians, and now we're all here. Yeah, it really did. Yep. At the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're not making a podcast um, about all of <laughs> There's one more documentary. Documentary. One more video that I want to talk about. Um, I stumbled upon it the other day and I watched the first part and I was like so excited for part two because she was like, I'll have part two out in two days. And now it's been, uh, for six days and I'm like, hello, where's the next part? But it is titled the Amanda Bynes story. And it's done by this girl, uh, Mila Tequila. And she pretty much talks about how Amanda Bynes like went from being like America's sweetheart on Nickelodeon and having the Amanda show and, like, winning all this shit to, like, now being, like, literally f- <laughs> fucking clinically insane. And, like, the whole, like, how it ties into, like, how she has body dysmorphia and, like, she's doing a bunch of drugs. And it's just, like, such an interesting watch. And, like, her descent into, like, being mentally unwell, like, has so many ties to, like, having her having body dysmorphia and like growing up as like 